Welcome to Fast Facts. I'm Jody. I'm Shelly. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate. The most amazing people have walked through these doors. Authors. Entrepreneurs. Community leaders. Dallas natives. And guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room and we're going to sit them down and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking too. These will be quick so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only person you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth. Let's see who's slating it. Okay, Jody's been waiting for this one for a long time. A friend from law school who's doing really cool things. Jody, intro. Oh, this is Aaron Geiger Smith, the author of Thank You for Voting, which is actually coming out in two different editions, Shelley. We're going to hear about that. Mm. But Aaron was supposed to be at the slate next week for her book launch here in Dallas. She couldn't be there, but she agreed to call in right now amidst a crazy schedule. Say hi, Aaron. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so sad that I am not making it to the slate yet. I will yet. be there eventually. It's going to happen. I know. Okay, well, first tell us the story of how you graduated from law school but got to journalism and then mm. how you became the author of this soon-to-be best-selling book. This is like the best of both of us here, Jeds. This I is know. exciting. Okay, yeah, tell <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> what a compliment. I'll, I'll happily be the best of both of you. What a, what a break. Um, so, yeah, I graduated from law school with Jody and practiced law at firms in Texas and New York. I was in commercial litigation for about four years. And even though I really did enjoy being a lawyer, I'm not one of those mm-hmm. oh, it was terrible types. Mm-hmm. Um, parts of it I didn't love. You know, that's, of course, true. But um, mostly I enjoyed it and found it exciting and stimulating and hard work in the good way. Um, but I kept wanting to try journalism. I was a journalism major in undergrad, and I just loved the news and wanted to be a part of it. I mean, that that is basically it. I didn't have any, I thought I had a grand plan. Looking back, I had no, no clue <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> um, but, so I was at my law firm in New York, and I applied to journalism school at Columbia because they have a one-year master's program. Bravo. And... I knew I needed some help. I knew no one in the industry in New York. I mean, literally no one. Um, so I thought that would be a good transition, but I did take what is the possibly one of maybe five risks of my whole life, which is that I left my law firm on March 31st and would find out if I got into Columbia on April 1st because I wanted to really force myself to do it for so like 12 hours Columbia, <laughs> I was gonna like force myself to make it happen um but luckily I did and thank goodness because it would have been a full-out disaster if I hadn't um, learned to write a little less like a lawyer in that year um which is important for newspaper writing. let's hear about and... that let's hear, you know what let me just add, let's just get to that for one quick second because I cannot wait sure. to hear the story of your book because I know it and Shelly's gonna just salivate over it but tell me about the different voice lawyer versus author versus Shelley has a different voice than I do but you're all, we're all storytellers yeah it's so true and both can be done so well and so clearly I think that I had 
gotten to where as a writer, as as a writer, as a lawyer, I was really overwriting things. I was hmm. giving, addressing every single issue and Shelly's kind of smirking for, for all the caveats and all of the things and when you're really trying to tell a story, especially if you have 500 words, there's no time for that. You have to distill everything down and tell it quickly. And, you know, everything obviously has to be true and all bases need to be covered, but you just don't have the time or the space. I mean, that's mostly it. I had to start writing so much shorter and from using more exciting language, which mm. probably as a lawyer, I, that would have, been not cool or just makes you Um, nervous (laughs) yeah but then the other huge lesson for me making the switch from lawyer to journalist is lawyers don't like asking questions they don't know the answer to and I had to really get over that to realize that before I interviewed someone I didn't have to know every single thing about them Shelly doesn't know much about you at all. Watch her go. Shelly's about to attack you. It's the best way to to do it. You learn so much more and you ask better questions. And so that was um, something that I had to work through into my career as well. But that luckily at Columbia, I I got some practice. I really needed that buffer year or or it would have been. That's amazing. So Jody has literally been talking about voting, voting, voting. You have got to hear from my amazing law school Mm -hmm. friend. Tell us about this book, this initiative, and then what we can all do. I think it's an interesting time where when you talk about voting, a lot of people want to take that to a political place. But yours is not about politics. It's just about exercising your rights. Is this this what's going on? Yeah. The way that I describe the book is that it is nonpartisan but pro-voting. So mm-hmm. I am for anything that is productive and safe and reasonable that makes things, makes voting more accessible and more convenient and just gets more of us to do it. Um, when I started researching this book and just thinking in this area, I was so surprised by how low voter turnout is. 60% mm-hmm. voter turnout in 2016 for the presidential election. 60% for young people wow. and Texas is we are not great voters guys I mean I vote in New York now but as, the, mm-hmm. as a Texan the, the vote out the voter turnout rate in Texas is really low so I just wanted to explore kind of why that was and talk about ways to make it better and find the people who were already doing the work so the book touches on all of that so I talk about First history, how different groups got the right to vote, African-Americans, women, because the big suffrage anniversary is coming Mm -hmm. up, the 100th year in August. Um, And then current suppression issues, because we we really do still make it difficult for people to vote. There are are barriers um, that keep voters away, especially if um, they haven't been taught about voting or their parents didn't vote. You know, these these barriers keep people from voting, especially young people. Um, well, let's do and, this. Tell me this. So yeah. I, I love you're interested in this, and I know that you research it so much. But how did the book come to life? How did the book come to life? It's two, two strings that were both necessary um, kind of came together. The first was that after 2016, I just, there were so many questions about the election process itself. You know, the Electoral mm-hmm. College was such a big story. Um, polling, you know, how how the media 
which I am a part of and care very mm-hmm. much about. I covered the race. There were just all of those things. And I wanted to start writing somewhere in that arena. But kind of, as you said earlier, I don't have any desire to cover the gamesmanship of politics. You know, I have mm-hmm. good friends who cover Congress, and that's just not my um, not not my interest. I want to talk about more what it means to people and what how people are dealing with things in their daily life. Yeah. Um, so I was just human story. To explore A human story. How to write? <laughs> explore how how to write in there. And I started to me that meant writing about things I just felt passionate about. So female entrepreneurs and and books were one hey, of hey. those things. Um, and as I was figuring it out and doing my own research on, on how, um, turnout and things like that, I saw on Instagram, Reese Witherspoon was interviewing the author Ann Patchett and Mm -hmm. I did not know either of them. Oh, all hail Um, Ann Patchett. All hail Ann Patchett. Yeah. All hail Ann Patchett. Love her. Love her. So, so Anne in that interview said that she was working on a book about women and voting and for reasons that I still can't explain, I just thought that's exactly it. That's a project that I would like to be a part of that wouldn't involve throwing myself into reporting politics full time. And I want to do something with that because I admire Anne so much. So I emailed Anne's publicist because I had been writing about books a lot. I didn't. I assume sound like a crazy person, you know, (laughs) these are the Wall Street Journal stories I've written about books that I'm, you know, a huge admirer of Anne, and if she needs any help researching or writing or not writing, researching or conducting interviews, I would love to help her out, and that email made its way to Anne, and she emailed me and just said, well, what what could you do for me, what would be your plan, I've never had a research assistant, how would it work, and I essentially said, I've really never been a research assistant but um you know so was your heart just racing yeah let's see what happens well it was but I also as strange as it sounds I knew what I would want I wanted to do with it so I told her the different areas that I thought would matter to the book um the history we talked about you know what in the world gerrymandering is Mm -hmm. all these different turnout issues um, so I was thinking more in the present than I think she was at that point. Um, so, but she was like, great. And so the deal was I was going to research kind of a topic a month over a year while she wrote a novel. And then I would hand it over and she would write the book and it was going to be great. Um, and then toward the end of 2018, she called me and said that she had finished the novel on time as planned and decided it wasn't good and threw it away. Oh, her novel? She, she just trashed it after all of that? She just, oh. Yeah, and this, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking out of school. She has told the story on book tour about what she did. She just she oh. said that she made a mistake in the, in the plot and had to start over. Um, oh, wow. I would have found it very distressing, but she <laughs> said it was briefly distressing, and then she thought about it like making a cake. She had burnt the cake, and what are you going to do? start over um so it put us in in quite a bind with the timing of the voting book and she just said Erin you've done all the work this is your book you are passionate about it and I was I had essentially stopped doing my other work and was doing this full-time even though it was supposed to be a quarter of my (laughs) my work all good things start Um, like those side hustles yes (laughs) we get that (laughs) I'm sure you guys do understand that um so quickly 
really I had to come up with a plan for how I would do this book and convince Harper Collins that I was going to be the one to make it happen. So I bravo apparently because I certainly have books sitting (laughs) sitting here beside me and I dove in and then it was just a sprint to so awesome everything because my book is much more reported and was going to write essays and bring in all the history and all of the wonderful things that she does in her nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I would want mine to be much more reported. And so before I had even signed up the deal, I flew to LA to cover a voting conference of young, young people. So, in so LA. can I stop yeah, you for here. a second yeah. there? Because There's I want to so wind much up. Here. So, so here. here's the thing. Jody knows what this is all about, right? Because y'all are tight friends. I'm still sitting here going, what is the book about? And what are the oh, three things that surprised that. you the most in your research that I would never have heard? I didn't realize the 60% voter turnout. Name two or three other things that you were like, holy smokes, you've got to be kidding me. I'm so glad I'm doing this, that we would read in the book to kind of give us a little bit of flavor about it. Sure. Um, I think number one is, is the turnout and how low it is everywhere, and especially among young people. So the stat that just blew my mind was that young voters ages 18 to 29 for the 2014 midterms, so that, that's a while ago, but you know that's when Congress is elected, it's when mm. senators mm-hmm. are elected. Their turnout rate was 21%. 21. Abysmal, abysmal. It's abysmal. And why and then, is that? Did you find, did, were, okay, so that's the fact. Now, were you able to find out the why a little bit behind it? I know you're saying access is one thing. I'm sure access, people not thinking they can make a change is another thing. What What's behind it. that? Is feeling, that? feeling I, the, the data shows, and people who really study this show that they just feel disconnected from the process. Some just simply not knowing the mechanics, some feeling like, the news doesn't speak to them either, so they don't feel prepared mm. enough to vote. That's a, They're that really scared they don't people, know it all. I can, I can resonate with home. that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. If you think about you're 18 years old and you've never voted before and they're asking you to go to a place you've probably, you know, never been, some elementary school or community mm-hmm. center, and do something that you don't know how to do, and many of the poll workers are often elderly you probably Mm -hmm. have no relationship with them you know it's a it's a strange circumstance so that's why educating voters is such a big part of this book explaining the process um but the good news and the the inspiring part that i hope is sort of the takeaway of that stat is between 2014 and 2018 when things like march for our lives happened um when Groups like Yara Shahidi, who's a, an actress who is on Blackish and Youngish, and is just an activist, mm-hmm. not more than an actress, but at least is 50%. She started a group that really reached out using social media. You know, everyone she contacted would use all of their social media to reach out, and things like that really mattered. And the jump between 2014 and 2018 was 21% to 36%. Wow, that's I mean, significant. That's huge. Wow. Um, so that's my favorite stat of the book because it shows that mobilization is possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other main takeaway is that any expert in voting that you talk to says the most powerful person to get people to vote is you. You Love that. getting your mm-hmm. colleagues, 
and your friends and your family to vote because the more personal an interaction is about voting it's why candidates still send canvassers door to door even though that seems mm-hmm. like a, a thing of the past and, it, and it's going to be a little different this round mm, definitely but, different this but round. that's different. one of the things that really gets people to the polls if, if someone either the candidate or a representative of a candidate talks to you and answers your questions in an honest way and so yeah the biggest Basically. takeaway is that you know choose five people that you think in your world may not vote is, you know, is it your 18 year old cousin or mm-hmm. niece or a coworker who has said before, you know, it's just, yeah, that's a clear step yeah. of action or a 41 year old mom with three kids who just yeah. feels too busy and overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh, the midterms yeah. don't matter. Right. When they yeah. matter and so it's much. Helping them do it too. It's mm-hmm. telling, telling them when the deadline right. to register is helping them make a plan. And because that can feel, overwhelming you know all of a sudden I, you and I and everyone else who's so busy if you sign up for things like turbo vote and you put in your zip code it reminds you via text deadlines in two days interesting wow. I love that Tur- okay turbo, um, vote. So turbo vote is an amazing thing um the league of women voters vote dot 411.org breaks down by state all the different rules um states have unbelievably different rules that's another huge takeaway is the difference in state voter rules and and how it impacts turnout um and then the last thing that i'm on my biggest soapbox about involves companies too which is Hmm. i talk to companies like patagonia and endeavor the media agency um and they are making concerted efforts to give employees time off to vote to remind them of things like these Mm -hmm. deadlines and it really can be done in a nonpartisan way. And if we sort of change the culture of voting where companies feel a responsibility to help their employees and clients and customers vote, yeah, that it can, can move have the massive needle. Massive impact on turnout. Because well, um, it's, it's a really privilege. Easy to do. Yeah, that's right. the main thing is that <laughs> it can be very inexpensive. Um, and it can be made fun too. You know, if you have a. Uh, sort of a, a larger company or a mid-sized company, you can do competitions between, you know, between different parts, departments parts who voted the most, yeah, who voted the most or who registered the most voters, um, and, and, and so, you know, make company swag. I, I voted swag with your company, and it's great for social media. It's just, it's a yeah. wonderful thing that companies can easily do. So, when was the time that voter turnout was the highest? What election was that? When was it? It was. You know, I sadly don't know that off the top of my head. It was it was highest um, in in like in modern in you know quote modern times like in the forties I believe. Mm-hmm. And we used to have a lot of a lot more civic education in, in the forties, fifties, and sixties, um, which helps prepare people to vote. And now school, it's just hmm. um, in high schools, it's just all over the map. Some places do a great job. Some don't. Some states have laws. Some don't. Even states that do have laws might not do. It's just we don't have the consistency that would help prepare 18-year-olds across the board. to. Well, um, let me ask you this, because I know 18 is obviously the relevant age. But you do have a Young Readers edition, don't you? Can you tell us about that and how I that do. happened? Um, it is. It's for ages 8 to 12. and. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way it happened is when this book got going and I kind of turned in the outline, 
they thought there would be a way to to make it work for young readers and it is a lot of the same content just sort of you know simplified somewhat and um a lot more fun facts thrown in there mm-hmm. and I try to include a lot of anecdotes for some of what I call our, our voting heroes people already doing the work and making a difference kind of talking about how they got interested in their area so a gerrymandering expert talks about how he ran into a second grade teacher who had saved a map that he drew of his neighborhood when he was in second grade like he was already just as he described himself a a nerd about maps from (laughs) second grade and now um knows every congressional district in in the country um by memory so i try to add add some fun things like that but the fundamental information of what you need to know to feel confident when you go vote is all there um and in the adult book i have a checklist another thing to make it easy for people okay so leave Um, us with that because our time is almost up can you tell us like a few things on that checklist before we go for the adults it's it's to first and foremost register to vote and even if you are registered it's always a good idea to confirm your registration okay um it has tips on how to read the news in a way that can prepare you to vote but not overwhelm you um and then things about making a voting plan even you know the day before check the weather if you're going to be in a long line do you need up here in in new york do you need a coat in in texas do you need sunscreen you know what's the day gonna what's the day gonna bring so i really try to cover every step so it's 40 days out 30 days out 10 days out in election day and then another of the fun things is to make a plan with your five people you're getting to vote that's fun somehow that's cool love that yeah Uh, oh we voted martini is that what you're saying (laughs) exactly i mean even uh, you know zoom zoom or otherwise but try to Try to celebrate. And then a fun fact is that voting parties, uh, cities who do like small gatherings, is something that that increases turnout. So it actually hmm. works if you plan a party. Plan a party. That's my it's my jam. I love to vote and I love parties. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. Your book is out next week, right? June twenty second. Isn't that right? Is that when it's yep. going to arrive? Uh, June twenty third. June twenty second is a. A talk of politics and pros, and June twenty third, the book is out. Okay, perfect. Well, I have ordered several copies. I am looking to Amazon to bring them to me. Shelly, you can totally have one. You need a checklist, Shelly. I definitely need a checklist that leads me to the voting martini party. Yes, that's that's the one I'm going to throw. And Aaron, I am so proud of you. I I commend you. I think voting is beyond crucial. And we applaud you. And thank you so much for making time for us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, ladies. Okay. Talk soon. Bye.